is episode 21, Teach and Coach Online with Blab. Hello, and welcome to the eCourse Domination Podcast, where we deep dive into all aspects of online course creation, from concept to marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Tim Cooper, and it's a pleasure to have you with me today. Hello everybody, it's Tim Cooper, back again with another discussion on online course creation and marketing. And today I want to share with you my experiences and what I learnt from conducting my very first Blab session. But before we get into the details, here's a short course announcement. If you're an online instructor or coach, then you have to investigate the power of Periscope. Periscope is an exciting new social media tool which lets you interact with your students or coaching clients anywhere, anytime. It runs from your mobile phone so you can use it anywhere where you've got an internet connection. Give your students and coaching clients a unique experience. Take them behind the scenes. Take them to places that they normally would not have access to. This is truly a unique tool. By using the commenting function, they can ask you questions and they can guide the scope in areas where they need more information. If you would like to know how to harness the power of Periscope, how to use it to build your business, fill your coaching programs and bring unique engagement and interaction with your students, I encourage you to look at my Periscope for Online Instructors and Coaches course. And you can check it out at ecoursedomination.com forward slash periscope dash course. That's ecoursedomination.com forward slash periscope dash course. New lectures are being added all the time and there will be a bonus section on how to use Blab for coaching and online instruction in a future release. Now we say this at the beginning of every episode. I'm going to say it again. I want to be delivering content that you want. I want to be answering the questions that you have. So if there is an instructor that you would like me to interview or a particular topic you would like to know more about, please email me at asktim at ecoursedomination.com. That's asktim at ecoursedomination.com and I'll do my very best to get that information to you. A couple of days ago, I held my first Blab session. And I promoted it through one of my Udemy courses and also via Google Plus and Facebook and Twitter. Now, as with anything new, my first Blab session was not without its technical difficulties. So in this episode, I want to share with you my experiences and what I found and what I learned from my first Blab session. Because there were some problems that we encountered. And the first thing is to, to start with when I tested my Blab, so I, I created a, a, a test Blab session and I just sort of jumped on and it all looked like everything was working perfectly. I could see my photo and my, sorry, I could see the video of myself up in the screen and I could, I could hear, hear my audio through my headphones. So I believed that everything was, was running okay. Then shortly before the Blab was scheduled to start, I got on a test Blab with Johnny Byrne so that we could both test our systems. And that appeared to work reasonably okay, and then that Blab session crashed. Johnny then opened up his own Blab test session and invited me to join. 
And by the time I joined, somebody else had already jumped on to the session. And when I selected this to, to join the seat and Johnny accepted me, once again, it actually looked like I was connected and my video was there showing and I was talking and I could see all this happening. But then the other person in the room, in the, in the blab room said, Oh, it looks like Tim's having trouble connecting. And from my side, it looked like I had already connected. So, you know, maybe we know, we know that blab is very much still in beta. And so it's going to continue to change and evolve. It's only a matter of, you know, a couple of months old at, at this stage. It's very, very exciting technology, but still very, very much in its infancy. So having found this hardware issue, because I know that my computer isn't overly powerful, it was never bought with doing this type of work in mind. But refusing to panic, I went to my son and I said, can I borrow your MacBook because I really need to get this lab session going because I'd advertised it all over the place. People were expecting this lab session to go on air. And so I switched over to my son's Mac. I've, I've never driven uh, a MacBook before, so the, the the mouse pad and the clicking was all very new to me, but I did manage to get through. And from there on, things were fine. So so just watch the equipment that you use. There does seem to be a minimum requirement. I don't think you need a supercomputer, but you definitely need more than just like a baseline computer. My computer is about... 12 months old and definitely hasn't kept up with the advances in technology. Now, the second thing that we had is that I invited two experts on to the panel. So what the idea was we were going to do a Blab session on how to demonstrate using Blab as an online instructor and coach to coach in live time. And so I invited Johnny Byrne and Mark Timberlake on. Now, Mark had a lot of problems getting on to the blab session so he was he was requesting a seat i was accepting the seat but he just could not connect and lucky enough we had somebody in the room or or somebody logged into the blab session who was watching what was going on he knew blab very well and was able to talk mark through and mark finally joined us at around about the 35 minute mark of the blab now the other thing that we noticed was that as soon as the room started to fill so basically the way blab works is that you've got any number of people can sort of join and, and watch the blab and then there's four video boxes so there's four seats and so obviously the host is going to have a seat and then there's room for up to three other people to come in on live video stream and to 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 talk and interact in live time and then you've got a, a comments area down the side where other people can post questions and comments and everything else So what we notice is that as those four seats filled, the quality of the audio started to drop and both Mark and my audio got very soft and faded in and out and was inaudible at times. So we then decided we would switch over to headphones and earbuds to use those built-in microphones and that fixed the problem. So I would suggest that when you're doing a blab, start out wearing buds or earphones uh, instead of just using the straight built-in microphones on your computer because there also was a hiss when when Mark came on 
if, if you go back and, and watch the replay, the whole replay of the blab, you'll find that when Mark comes on, there's a, there's a hiss that comes in. And I think that's because that's where the, the whole stream, because now it was streaming three, the stream started to degrade a bit. So that's just some, some points that, that I found. But overall, I was very, very happy with the blab. We got two people into the hot seat for a coaching session on the spot. And it was, and, and this is exactly what I wanted to demonstrate to people was the fact that, you no, know, somebody could jump into that seat and ask questions. And then the three of us, Mark and Johnny and I were able to offer advice and then answer those questions that, that arose from that, you know, that advice. It was a, you know, a live coaching session. The other thing that you can do is that if you're not camera ready, so if you're a bit shy and you don't want your face to appear in the blab seat, you can disable your camera and just come in with the audio so you can still take a seat and we can still hear you, but there's there's, there's no accompanying video. And you can also see that on the blab replay. So now I'm going to just include a snippet from the blab session. The blab session went for an hour 40 minutes. I'm going to just include here the first hot seat coaching that Johnny and I did, and then I'll follow that up with a little snippet of what Mark Timberlake had to say. Now, once again, I have to mention that as we got further into the blab, some of the audio quality started to degrade. So I've cleaned up some of the audio, but I do encourage you to check my blog for the full replay of the blab because there was a lot of information that Johnny and Mark and I gave out that I'm sure you'll find helpful. So here is the first coaching hot seat session that Johnny and I did with a gentleman called Roy. I see uh, before you left there, Roy, I see you said why there. So uh, I'd be interested if you want to come back on just on uh, what you're using for uh, for your online courses, Fedora, Udemy. Um, so Tim, or sorry, yeah, Roy, if you want to jump back on for real quick for a couple of couple of yeah, sure, I'm back. For, um, um, yeah, um, okay, I'm in the early stages, and I'm doing this with a friend of mine. We're going to do it as uh, co-creators, and uh, we're looking at the uh, uh, Udemy or Udemy. I don't know how to pronounce that. What, what's the correct pronunciation, guys? It's I up think, to you. I think most Udemy. of it's it's, uh, it's a play on the word academy. So if you use that, um, if you use that pronunciation, um, then it's Udemy. Um, like I, I can't say Academy the way that you'd say Udemy. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe Academy is pronounced different around the world too. But to me, it's the Academy of You is their tagline. So I guess it's pronounced the same as Academy, which is Udemy to me. So yeah, that's what I've been saying, um, Udemy. So um, yeah, we're both yeah. right, Roy. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a play on the uh, word academy. So yeah, I've been, I've been reading a lot. I've been watching a few YouTube videos. I've actually attended one of Mark's um, hangouts. Uh, okay. I don't know, about two months ago or so. Uh, he had somebody on that I was familiar with. So I uh, haven't really put anything on yet. And I'm thinking more along the lines of a higher ticketed type um, product. Uh, somewhere along the lines of 497. Wow. I noticed that most of the products on Udemy are not that. Well, recently Udemy has put a put a cap on, so the most you can charge on Udemy or Udemy 
is 300 and the least you can charge is $9. So you can't even do a $5 course. So it's either free or between $9 and $300. If, you, if you're looking for tick, high ticket, as as Johnny will also recommend, you'd be looking at use Fedora. Correct, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. So um, my advice would be to um, put the, co- the course both on uh, Udemy for its massive marketplace, um, but ultimately long-term build your own uh, build your own school um, you have more control ultimately you have the email address of your students um, which is a, a key part of it but you have much more control on the pricing and also you can introduce a live element to the the pricing um, so you can have Goldilocks pricing on your uh, fedora school um, so you can have 45 195 495. And the 495 could probably include the first two, but also maybe a half day or an hour or four hours a month, four one-hour calls of coaching. Um, so it's a lot easier and an awful lot more uh, flexibility to, um, to build that into your, your course. So my suggestion is um, get familiar with, with Fedora. They do a lot of great webinars. There's a lot of great free stuff. Um, and they provide a lot of great education-based marketing by way of free material like the uh, Million Dollar Instructor course, and the, their webinars are fantastic. And Fedora is as easy as WordPress. It's drag and drop, um, upload your videos. You've got um, – it plugs into uh, Zapier, so you can make a talk to Infusionsoft. You can make a talk to Active Campaign. You know, you can make it talk to uh, Mailchimp quite easily. Although I'm a big fan of Active Campaign over and above Mailchimp, um, you you can monitor student progress. Um, there's just so many reasons why um, you got to consider your own your own uh, university, your own academy. Um, in addition to um, in addition to Udemy. Now, I mean, there's a friend of mine on Udemy. He's making seven hundred dollars a month. Uh, he's learned it all the hard way. He's got a one course up there. Um, in fact, he's building version two because it's out of date. And yet passively without any marketing, without any blabbing webinars, even even email marketing, he's making $700 a month. So you cannot knock the power of the 7 million plus students that Udemy have. That um, was enticing to me. <laughs> sorry? That was the part that was enticing to me. You know, okay. even though you give them 50%, I believe is what it is. It's well. Yeah, and it's small. Right? It's small numbers. I mean, and they do, you know, you to, to get that sort of income, you got to get onto their promotions, uh, into the promotions email, and they're going to be selling that for $10. And uh, you're going to get $5, probably a little bit less. And if it's through an affiliate, you're going to even get less than that. So there's no there's no denying that it's it's a nice trickle of income, and that's that's the lower end. I mean, you know, there are people rocking it out on uh, Udemy at a thousand pounds a day, a thousand dollars a day. So, but that's you know, I, I think they're more more the exception than the rule. I definitely think you know the marketplace cannot be ignored. It's uh, you know, Udemy to online courses is like Amazon to books. And who doesn't have a book and doesn't consider putting it on Amazon? And But to it, me, exactly. a book um, or sorry, an online course is a modern day book. Um, and you're putting stuff on Kindle for $2.99 where you can put a course on Udemy for 295 oh, Absolutely. And probably, I know there's a little bit more technology involved in creating an online course than there is in writing a book. Um, but ultimately... 
it's all about content and ideas and opinions and experience and thoughts that you have that you put down on paper. So why not put them into PowerPoint? Oh, I, I totally know, agree with that. I'm a prolific note taker anyway. Cool. So it, now fedora.com. Uh, it's usefedora.com. Um, it's an interesting why they picked it because Fedora is also an open source operating system and it's also a hat. But um, so the website is uh, usefedora.com. Okay, so I'm going to put that in here. Use. Yeah, Tim's beating me to it. Make sure that it's correct here. Okay, no, great. Um, this, see, this is why I love Blab because prior to this, I had no idea. And yeah. I really wasn't even going to come on. I was just going to listen to you guys. And I saw that Mark was having problems. So, you know, uh, serendipity, whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah, now, well, you mentioned some uh, mail, uh, uh, third-party mailing. How about AWeber? Does it use No. AWeber? Sorry. Um, that's my impulse reaction. Um, <laughs> look, um, the guys at AWeber are good guys and everything else, but um, – the key to, to uh, email marketing is automation. And I don't mean automate yourself out of the conversation or um, bombard people with emails, but you've got to be a little bit more clever. So Active Campaign, um, it's priced the same as AWeber, but it's on a par with Infusionsoft in terms of functionality. The big thing is automation. So, for example, you send an email to Tim, and you have another one waiting based on what Tim did with the first one. So if Tim didn't open the first one, you can say you can have another one waiting that goes out a day later going, hi, Tim. I noticed you didn't get a chance to open the email yesterday, but I really don't want you to miss this blab or this offer or this book or this whatever. Mm-hmm. But if Tim did open it, you could you, you have another email waiting going, hi, Tim. Um, thanks for reading my email. I noticed you didn't get a chance to register or whatever it might be. Um, so you can, you can have a couple of scenarios mapped out. I would suggest you'd even do it with post-its on the wall going, if I was to do this manually, how would I do it? What would I say to Tim first? What would I say to Tim second based on whether he opened the email or not? And you plan out that scenario. You line it up in active campaign, and it does the work. And, like, you can start it, you know, you can start for free. Um, you can start at $9 for a month for a couple of hundred subscribers, um, and, and it's tiered pricing like that. But the functionality will blow your mind and it plugs into every app known to man it'll plug into paypal it'll plug into eventbrite it'll plug into you name it it'll plug into fedora which is key so when a student signs up to your school you can send them an email and if they sign up to your school but not your course you can go well hi tim i see you signed up to my school but you didn't sign up to the course or whatever it might be so um yeah it's active campaign um Dot com, really, really great solution, and nothing against AWeber, but it blows it out of the water. Nice, nice. I never even heard of them. Thanks, Joe, for the uh, dot com. Uh, oh, yeah. What about uh, partnerships? Uh, one of the uh, you know good things about uh, Udemy was the fact that they send the money straight to my account and my partner's account without us having to split it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Do they do that at Fedora as well? No. I'm afraid not How at the you moment. You've got to work that like out. That. Uh, is there a workaround or no? Uh, no, not that I've seen. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Um, I'm going to make room for someone else if someone else wants to jump in. 
And um, this has been very useful. So thank you for that. I'll continue listening from the audience. Thanks, Roy. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Tim. Mark, are you having problems still? <laughs> Come on, Mark. <laughs> we want to hear from Thanks, Roy. I'd actually like to share a, like coming along, talking about using Udemy and, and hooking into that, that 7 million uh, student database that everybody gets excited about. But as Johnny rightly said, before you can plug into that database, you've got to opt into their promotions. They're not going to promote you unless you opt into them. So what, what I do is, is when I create a course, I'll, I'll put it up onto Udemy first. And I'll give away some some free coupons, usually to instructors, to hopefully get some some feedback and some reviews. And then I just stop. I, I, I'm not going to do any more promotion on that. I'm, I'm going to to position my course organically. So I'm I'm going to use keywords and, and SEO to ensure that my course sits up high in in the categories. And then I just I just leave it there, and I, I just totally work on the organic Udemy sales. And that and that can can rightly so if, if you can get 50%. But recently on my last course, I've got I've got a Periscope course for online instructors and coaches. And recently on my on my last course I, I had a $27 launch special. And then after a couple of weeks I increased the price to $47. And through Udemy, sales are still coming through at the at the $27. And strangely enough, I'm only getting 35%. Now, I've had some affiliate sales. Now, if it comes through an affiliate, you get 25%. And if you then if you use your own coupon, you get 97%, but they get the email address, right? So so, so the strategy is I, I don't promote to Udemy. I promote to use Fedora. So if I'm taking the time to generate the student, I'm not going to give them to Udemy. I've... It, it, it really, as a, as a marketer, that really grates on me that either I spend my money on, on a Facebook ad or I put out a lead magnet or something else, but I'm doing the actual work to generate that student and then they won't give me their email address and then they're going to dictate to me how and when I'm going to communicate with that student and that doesn't work for me. I'm maybe a bit of an anarchist, I don't know. So what I, so what I do is that I'm not going, to, like, you're going to leave money on the table if you don't put your course on Udemy, but you've got to be prepared to just take the $10 sales. But, you know, the $10 sales come in every day and, and, and you're not doing anything for it. It's all organic. And, when, and, and then your strategy is if you're going to then drive traffic, you drive them to your Fedora school where you have control over your school, you have control over your students, you have their email addresses. That's, that's my strategy and, and that's what I'm doing quite successfully at the moment. What do you reckon, Johnny? The other thing I'd say about um, using Udemy, and I, I agree with, with a lot of what you say about the control that they have and the email list and so on and so forth, but um, one great thing about Udemy is that they'll, um, they have to approve the quality of the, the audio and, and of your video. And they also have a great free course on how to get your first course on Udemy. So uh, there's a lot of, of, of reasons just, just to, to dry it out for that to get their feedback on the, on your audio and to go through their suggestions on um sorry I'm just turning something off here to get their suggestions and feedback on on your 
course as well. So it's, it's useful from, from that point of view. It's also useful to type in and, and have a look at the price points and of, of, of similar courses to yours. It's also useful to see what people are saying and the questions that they're asking. And are there any gaps that are there that allow you to do a better course than the ones that are already on, on, uh, on Udemy as well? Now, here's a quick snippet of some really great information that Mark shared about adjusting your sales funnel when you are looking at posting your course on various platforms. Yeah, you were talking earlier about um, third-party platforms. We've got to hang out on Sunday about this. I won't talk about it too much now, but um, I think with third-party platforms, it's really important to differentiate your courses. Um, I think if you're going to have stuff on Udemy and then on another platform, you almost want to create separate courses because what I found was splitting my marketing funnel, trying to get people to go. They weren't sure where to go. Did they go to my website or did they go to Udemy? And you've got to be really careful with that remarketing funnel. I tried it for a little while, and I just found that the sign-up rate to Udemy was 10 to 1. Really interesting. So it's really hard mm. to drive uh, new students to a third-party platform um, unless I think, you know, unless you're willing to spend maybe a little bit of money on, you know, some Facebook ads, some really niche targeting, uh, you can still do it. But, you know, my, my own experience with that was, you know, if you're going to do one course, you need to decide where you're going to put that course. Does that make sense? So once again, I hope you found this episode useful. If you've got any questions or comments at all, please visit the show notes at ecoursedomination.com forward slash 21. That's the numbers two and one. So that's ecoursedomination.com forward slash 21 and, en- and enter your comments and uh, feedback into the discussion. Love to hear from you. And also in the show notes, you'll find links to the other resources that we've mentioned in this episode, including a link to the full replay of the Blab session. If you found this episode useful, would really, really appreciate it if you could take the time and pop over to iTunes and leave us an honest rating and review because it really makes us feel good, but also it helps the show get found and so it helps us help more people. Once again, I appreciate you taking the time and listening to me. I know we all live in a very, very busy world with many, many options, so it does mean a lot when you take the time and listen to my podcast. I do appreciate it. And until next time, take care.